We're Kenyon and Takara Martin, faith-based marriage coaches, champions for healthy love, and lovers of pizza. And this is the Ask the Martins podcast, where we answer your single, married, or dating relationship questions with practical advice and research-based techniques. Have a relationship question you want answered? Well, send us a direct message on Facebook or Instagram at Ask the Martins or visit us at AskTheMartins.com. Now, let's get into today's episode. Yeah, and so and so what we do, I do how this works is we read the letter. Kenyon uh, has prepared a response. I uh, co-signed his response. And then after that, we have we have Q&A at the end. So that's typically where the questions come in at. All right. All righty. So letter says, Kenyon and Takara, how do you deal with someone who does not support your dreams or goals? My fiance and I have always had big dreams, but over the years, I've noticed that he rarely follows through on his goals where I am moving ahead quite easily. Lately, I feel like he's trying to sabotage my efforts at growth by constantly putting me down and making it seem like what I do isn't, quote, that special. He used those words exactly. We were supposed to be getting married, but I'm wondering if this is something that can change or do you think it will get worse? I've tried everything to help build, to help him build his business, but he just squanders any opportunity given to him. Help. Okay. Exclamation point. Help. (laughs) So let's go ahead and jump into it. Um, this is this is one of those situations. First of all, one of the first questions that we always ask and we always make sure of, um, and it's actually in the body of the letters: Are you married or are you dating? Right. It's important to identify that because there's two different dynamics on how we're going to respond, and there's two different dynamics in what kind of choices that you have. Does that make sense? Yeah. A different dynamic of a relationship, if you will. Right. All right. What are you laughing about? I'm laughing because she was like, "I swear to God, I didn't write this, did you?" <laughs> Huh? Tell the truth. Shame the devil. I'm kidding. Now, with that being the case, we have three issues going on here within this relationship. The first issue is he has no follow through on his own plans, dreams and goals. So what you have is you have someone who has big dreams, big ideas, but um, no, you're fine. But very. Um, very little follow through. He's not doing anything. And, and you and generally that's usually part of the game up front is to actually pull you in with the vision of what we could be together or what mm-hmm. we can end up being like together. The second issue is he is unsupportive of your goals and drive. Now, you see there's a dichotomy there or there's a difference there. He has plans. She has drive. And Ooh. and so there's a difference there because he's she's motivated and she moves on that motivation. He's just inspired and he's sitting still. So that right there is creating a dichotomy or or a, um, a headbutt right yes. there in the relationship. Finally, uh, the third problem is as a result of him seeing her move, but him not moving, um, he's becoming resistant, resentful, and needing to make her feel bad because his habits are bad. Make sense? Yes. Everybody with me so far. Hopefully you're with me, especially you who didn't yes. write Yes, yeah. <laughs> now, what, compli- what complicates the situation is that this is a fiancé. What that means is, is that because it's a fiancé, she has already committed, committed to the idea of us. Mm-hmm. She may not like what she sees in him. She may not like what he's doing, but she's already he's she has already committed to the idea of us. And so now her position is, how can I get this to change rather than how do I change? Because the problem is, is that you can't change anyone. And until you get married, there is there is an opportunity to make sure that this are you sure this is what you want because if this is who he is now this is who he's going to be thereafter go ahead as a fellow goal-oriented driven woman i will driven. say she is driven a goal oriented driven woman i will say one of the things that we have a problem doing is knowing when to understand that because we're driving just because we're driving towards something doesn't necessarily mean we have to stay going in that direction 
Mm-hmm. Why are you looking at me? Like I'm just that? looking at you, baby. You look. Oh, you think I'm cute? And I'm trying to get close to you because of the oh, IG, okay. but, but I thought it, you, it's a good excuse. I thought you was flirting. Just, yeah. just because we've committed to going in a direction does not mean we have to stay that path. And when we're driven and we're goal oriented, and we've made a commitment to a person, especially now with a fiance, now instead of saying, "I hate to be cliche, but this situation does not serve me." <laughs> And instead of looking at that situation and saying perhaps this may not be the direction and seeing this as a sign, Mm -hmm. we go all in and create a goal out of getting that relationship to what we need it to be in order for it to be conducive for us. Absolutely. And so now that commitment is just driving. How do I make this work? How do I make this work? How do I make this work? Instead, is this something that I should be working with? Is this something that I should be trying to deal with? That sort of thing right there. Okay. Absolutely. I'll be quiet. No, don't be quiet. Keep going and jump on in when your wisdom hits you, girl. Mm. So with that being the case, though, what we tell you, what we'll tell you to do is detach your commitment from his behavior. Yes. That's very important. Detach your commitment from his behavior so you can assess his behavior as objectively as possible. Then when we can when we look at that behavior, you can say, is this the behavior that I'm willing to live with for the rest, the rest of, my, of life? my life? So let's look at his behavior. I will. I will I'm going to give you three seconds to just decide to detach yourself from that behavior. One, two, three. You're detached mentally as of this moment right now. Doesn't mean anything bad, but let's just go ahead and go with that. Now, his behavior um, will eventually put your love for him against your goals for life. That's one thing that you need to actually make sure that you're paying attention to. Say that again. His behavior will put your love for him against your goals for life. What that boils down to is if he continues on, if you if he continues on where he's at and he doesn't like where you're going because you're going and he's not, he's going to call you into question and he's going to call your dreams and your vision into question and he's going to put the importance of himself against those visions and dreams. So either you starve and don't do what you've been planning on doing since you were a young lady or you love him. That's how the game works. Okay, so that's the that's the capstone of that behavior. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yes, it does. Now, the other thing is, is that when you're put into that corner, here's what typically happens. You typically try to avoid looking selfish. You try to avoid being the bad guy. You try to avoid losing um, your emotional, mental, and physical investment into him and financial, too. Let's add that on top since you're the motivated one. Uh-huh. All right? And you will tend to choose him over your goals because of everything you've invested into him. The problem is is that what you've invested into him is because of who you are, and those goals come as a package with who you are. Does that make sense? Yes. Go. Again, as a fellow citizen of the goal-oriented, driven women tribe. <laughs> go tribe, go. Um, what we also do, again, so we've made a goal out of that relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important to realize that one of the things that That's good. makes us who we are is the work that we put into it to get to that goal. Mm-hmm. And so right now... Having, especially if you're a good woman, having a good relationship, we know that having a good relationship takes work, right? Yes. And so now being with someone who is always going to be resentful to us, who's always always discontent with themselves, always downtrodden on themselves and not going anywhere on themselves, Mm -hmm. we're going to work extra hard to put effort into that relationship. So again, that goal is that relationship, the the happiness, the happily ever after, the power couple that you was probably sold in the beginning of that relationship. All of that, you're going to be working toward. And so now your relationship becomes works based. Now, let me ask you something, babe. I'm going to ask you something as a person of the goal driven tribe, because Uh this is you. Mm -hmm. When a goal fails, what do you do? How do you feel? Like I failed. Like I'm a failure. When a goal fails, you feel like you're a failure. Mm-hmm. So if your motivation and your drive for prof- you have a professional drive and professional motivation for that goal, you're going for it and you don't want to fail. But if you also have made him a goal, 
and he's failing you, mm. what's the problem at the back end of that? If the goal fails, you feel like you failed. So now you're taking responsibility and accountability for his behavior. When you haven't failed, you have been failed. You understand what I'm saying? And this is just a foreshadow of what becomes that relationship. You're just now getting into this. You're just now getting into this. Now there's no kind of, there's not only no drive. There's not only no aspirations. There's also, there's, there's not only no work ethic, there's also no personal accountability for where he is at that moment. Yep. And the problem is, is that when you fail as a driven person, you are now scooping up that accountability. He don't have no chance to feel no consequence about it. As at a matter all. of fact, you're hiding consequence because you're going to choose him over any other goal that you have. You're hiding the consequence and you don't, because again, and no woman wants to be the or wants to feel like you're the result of your man having a sour attitude. No woman wants to feel like, you know, all of a sudden you're the reason why he don't have peace because that's what that that's what happens. They begin to make you feel like you're the reason they have no peace. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what we do, we begin to hide consequences. We begin to shovel accountability under the rug in order to make sure that they do not feel it but also in order to make sure that we don't feel the weight of their anger, of their resentment, of their heat whenever it comes at us. And all you're doing is, really all you're doing is turning that person into your child. That is not your man. If you are not married, you're, and, and really, to be honest, if you are married, you need to understand that you are not responsible for someone else's character. And Jeez. if you're not responsible for someone else's character, you're not responsible for someone else's actions. And if you're not responsible for someone else's actions and behavior, how they act because you are who you are is on them. That's yes. their problem. That's not you. Now, with that being said, let's get deep into what this actually looks like. All right. So here's what this usually looks like when you have a guy who who like has big dreams and goals and they kick it. To mama and like, hey, listen, you I got it to all, mama, you go I got all kinds of things going on in my head, girl. We can go very far, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But here's here's what it looks like. Number one, he kicks big vision and goals. Mm-hmm. He kicks it to you, and he kicks it to you regular, and he's very articulate with it. He actually he can actually come up with some semblance of a plan if you. If, he paints if that a beautiful sense. picture. He paints a make, paints a beautiful picture. He makes initial moves, sort of like shuffling paper you yeah. have you ever you know have you ever been at work and you wanted to look busy so you move something around yeah and just so that your, your boss will leave you alone that's what he does when it comes to work he never follows through though there's always going to be an issue there's always going to be a reason why he can't do it. it's always going to be somebody else's fault they do this they won't do that um i need this kind of time i don't have that kind of time it's going to be on uh, atmospheric or is it going to be circumstantial or is it going to be based upon the person? <laughs> it's going to be his personal prophetic. Abs- <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me on the church, folk. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> now, he expects what he wants out of it to be handed to him. That's a big red flag. When mm-hmm. someone, When someone makes no moves but expects big reward after it and these kind of guys the kind of guys that says babe i did this rub me on my back mm-hmm. i did this pat me on my back right i did this pat me and and and, and it's not a big did this it's not really a is that he put one foot outside the door right or he made one or two phone calls or whatever the case may be it's not that he did anything big but the idea is is that he's big talk low walk and need all the reward and that's a problem. Wait, sorry. Mm-hmm. Finish that and then I'll... I'll no, you want to jump on in? Go ahead. I was going to say, because he, the, the thing with that, big talk, no walk, as as as, as the goal-oriented um, establishment, you know, begins to plant <laughs> their flag here, what we then think is like, it just must be too hard. Perhaps if we just give them a start. Perhaps if we just start this for them, they'll finish. Perhaps if we just go ahead and begin to build for them, then this will give them the motivation that they need. All they need is a chance. All they need is a shot. And so here comes here comes the goal-oriented woman tribe. We're now and and it, let me let me just put you what Takara has done in the past. In the past. In go the ahead. past. 
oh, oh, you need help. Oh, that's a great idea. That's a great dream. Let me vision cast with you. Matter of fact, I got a great idea. I know how to build websites. Let me build you a website for that. I got a great idea. I know people that I can connect you with to make that dream come true. Let me connect you with those people. Let me do this for you. Let me build. Let me build this around you. And it's like, guess what? It still don't work. Mm -mm. They still don't pick it up because then at the end of the day, they begin to resent you for what you could do that they couldn't. And so it still never manifests. Takara has a uh, Takara has literally (laughs) enabling. (laughs) Takara has literally a gift to actually visually see where someone what someone can do and and can go. Not what you should do, but she actually sees she can actually see more in you than even you see in you. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what I did on the other side of this, and then we'll get back to this character right here. But when Takara and I first uh, began to work talk, together. work together, we weren't talking yet. Mm-hmm. We were just going to work together. Now, mind you, I want you, <laughs> now, mind you, <laughs> I want you to understand that Takara is a driven person, she is vastly motivated. Me, I am very slow and I'm cautious. And so we have a very different ways of approaching things. But what I did, knowing that she has actually attached herself to losers before, whether they were married to her or whether uh, they were just business partners who just decided that they didn't want to go nowhere, what I did was understanding who she is but also understanding who I am, the best thing, the one of the things, I can't say it's the best thing, but one of the things I did was I kept her abreast of all the moves I was making as I approached when I mm-hmm. needed her in the process. Hey, listen, I got this over here. I got this um, uh, website over here. Hey, listen, I went, and go, went ahead and get this. Give me a couple more weeks and I'm going to get this as my next step. And that's how, if you are with someone who is highly motivated but, they're, but, but you f- seem like you're dragging your feet, all you have to do is give them a play-by-play of transparency of when you're going, how you're going, and and that you're going. Yes. That you're getting there. Just the progress. That just get the, get some progress behind you. That's how you do it. And that's how I differentiated myself from anybody she worked with prior, not as a, a, a love interest, but as somebody she can work with yeah. that she knew who would do the work behind him, behind her who knew I would do everything that she had identified for me to do and the things that I had identified for myself to do. And that's what made us a, that, that's what makes us now an yeah. excellent team because she knows I'm going to drag my feet, but she also knows I do it because I'm cautious and I'm thinking about 100,000 things in a minute. Right. She's doing 100,000 things in a minute. <laughs> and I'm like, slow down. But at the same time, things wouldn't get done if she didn't go and then – we might hit more brick walls if I didn't think. Right. That's that's the balance. Does that make sense? Now, getting back to this guy, this is, when it comes to work, there is no follow-through. This is his stilo. This is his MO. This is how he works, right? Mm -hmm. He expects to be handed everything but not to work for it, okay? He complains that you're so wound, wound up in what you're doing that you're not supporting him. Another red flag. When you're moving and you're goal-oriented and you're driven and you're getting to places where you want to go, yet, and he's not, one of the first things he begins to do is complain that you're not supporting him. Yeah. Because what he's doing is, is he's taking your eye off of your prize and putting it on his ego. And what he wants to do is he wants to see you uplift him for Jack. There's nothing, there's there's nothing, there's no air in his balloon. There is absolutely, everything is invisible, but he wants you to uplift him anyway. And what tends to happen is he tends to, I'm going to say this word, he tends to gaslight you to so that he can feel like he's not progressive or he's not successful because you're not supporting him. Now he makes yes. your support, he, that, now he makes his support your accountability. Now he makes his success your accountability. If you don't do all the right things, if you don't, post his picture all the time if you don't say i love my baby on on facebook or ig if you don't post both of y'all together if you don't talk about y'all to your girls if you don't skip that one meeting that's going to get you that big deal and go out with him and just to rub his shoulders and show him that you appreciate him not doing a damn thing then then he's going to make he's going to make sure you pay for him not being successful when all it is he's not moving 
Makes sense. Yeah, and it makes his love for you, his reception of you, his receiving of you contingent on you doing, like bending over backwards to make sure that you are doing everything to quote unquote support him and he's not doing anything to earn that. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, this is what happens. He passive aggressively beats on you or passive aggressively pokes you jabs at you because he's unhappy with himself Mm -hmm. that's exactly what happens and that's where your marriage ends up going later on because this is who he is now right this is this has always been who he is see early the early part of your relationship you didn't see it because he was flaunting you the early part of your relationship, it's, oh, my baby, she all about, she about that life. She's about doing this, that, and the other. She's always there. She's we always going to. We can go gonna, places we together. Can, absolutely. Not only can we go places, she got the money, she got the loot. She, she knows what she's doing. She is a professional. Later on, when he's not impressing other people by you, he's unimpressed by you because he's not impressed with himself. You outshine his hype. Jesus. And that's where you see those red flags. All right? Mm-hmm. Now that's now if you get back to the relationship, let's connect ourselves back to that back to what that is, right? Right. Connecting yourself back to that relationship. Okay, I have put so much into him. Okay, I have done this. Okay, I have done that. What do I lose? Right. You lose time. Right. You lose some effort you lose some energy but here's the thing a loss you're going to take a loss either way mm-hmm. you're either going to take perpetual loss throughout your entire life until you've had enough or until you just die or you're going to take the initial loss right here and say I can do better or I want something better for me now I'm not saying leave I'm saying that this is where loss, this this is how you identify the loss that you will take. See, perpetual loss, perpetual loss is incremental because it is balanced by the good days that he chooses to give you yes. because you stroked his ego. Does that make sense? And so you never really see all of that loss until the end when he has nothing and now he spent up all of what you had and now you don't have anything to show for it because you forfeited your dream because you were dreaming of him. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Makes perfect sense. Okay. So what was you about to say, babe? I forgot. No, oh, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So here's how we will say handle this. Now that all this is out on the table, we're not saying treat him like he's nothing. No. Because everybody deserves a chance, so to speak. But there has to be a come to Jesus moment. Mm -hmm. There has to be a moment where you sit down and you identify. One thing that we teach um, married couples um, who are having issues is um, over communicate. And it's going to take you to over communicate because you need to get to a point where you say, I said it. And and because I said it, that makes you responsible for it. Right. Okay. You can never say you didn't know. Absolutely. You can never say you didn't know. So the biggest and best thing you could do is sit them down. Babe, I love you. Um, You have your dreams and you have your goals. I have my dream and I have my goals. And part of my dream is that you go where you're going and I go where I'm going and that neither one of us stops until one of us gets there. And then once one of us gets there, we support the other. Right. Right. My problem is, is that I'm not seeing you get there, which is fine. But I'm also seeing you trying to hinder me from getting there. That's not fine because that means nobody is going anywhere, but we're stuck with each other. Now, I don't want to see myself stuck with you, but if you're unhappy, then obviously I'm going to be unhappy. Right. So how? let's sit down and let's come up with a plan on how we're going to work together and go forward. This is my plan on my business and this is my plan on what I'm saying. What's your plan and how can I be a part of that? Okay. Yep. And if you're not ready, there's no shame in that either. 
Absolutely. I think I think one of the 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 glamour or the glitz and glamour of power couple it becomes something that people try to chase after right as opposed to saying let's just be us and see where we end up and sometimes it could be that someone is now becoming anxious resentful insecure about the idea and the dream that they started out having that maybe you know what we're not going there we're just not going to get there that's not where i'm headed anymore and so instead of addressing that and being honest about that you start to now beat the emotionally hopefully that's it beat the other person up because they're following through on what y'all initially set out to do absolutely but if we're not going there anymore there's no shame in saying hey you know what i know we started out saying we was going this way i need to take a step back because that's not really where i want to head anymore but hey you do you and i'm gonna be your biggest cheerleader absolutely absolutely and that's how you do it that's what partnership is about partnership is not what you what this is is that this will end easily end up to be a competition for the rest of your life yeah and competition is no, not partnership it ain't gonna be a competition you know why why somebody's gonna fold and bend to the will of somebody else of the of the more the more dominant and not to sound spooky but the more dominant spirit the more dominant energy of that relationship and right. typically the negativity is the more dominant and so what you will find is that if you're in this kind of situation and somebody is trying to pull you down and and becoming resentful for the growth and success that you're having what you if you love them typically you'll begin to dim your light in order to make them shine brighter period and so the bottom line is is that have that come to jesus moment have that conversation even support support him through the conversation i know that you can be this 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 and this i i want you to be this this and this and this allow me to help you be this this and this and this but don't hold me back now you can say that in a different different tone of course the idea is to make sure the point comes across that i don't want you mad at me for doing what i've always dreamed to do Mm -hmm. all right now when it comes to the wedding, hold that thing off. Please give it give it six months to a year. Just just push it on down the line because now you have to um now you have to monitor and observe for their behavior. Character is um is character is a huge part of what you need to be looking at while you're dating anyway. And so when so typically we see people who said I had that talk with them we were doing good for a couple of weeks or four months or so and then all of a sudden went back and then we got married right <laughs> and and the, the 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 problem of that is is that you didn't monitor the character you didn't see if the habits would change you didn't see if the thought process you would didn't change test that fruits <laughs> right absolutely character is when perception meets practice Ooh. however they see life or however they see things should go they're going to practice it and when perception meets practice that develops habit so if, if you're not watching that character guess what you're going to marry a character that makes sense yes all right yes really and really quickly too i think it, it has to be said and especially if you're dating or in, in a serious relationship, I see you. I see you checking me out, Kenya Martin. I see you checking me out. Okay, just wait till after this show. I'm, I'm just saying. Turn these lights off. I'm just saying. There is no shame. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Back to our regularly scheduled program. There is no shame, and in, in in saying to yourself that someone is just not for you. Um, I think we believe that someone has to be the proverbial bad guy, the bad person, bad woman even in that relationship in order to say, you know what, this may not be the best for me or you just may not be for me and that's okay. If you get to this point and you're observing someone who is consistently unhappy with themselves, consistently bringing you down and you're not married, baby, the Lord has made a way of escape for you. (laughs) (laughs) like literally you can be up out of here so do not ever put yourself in a position to say that i have to take this because i'm here i have to deal with this because i love them i have to do this no you don't have to be you don't have to be mad at somebody to say that's not for me Mm -hmm. you don't have to be angry with them you don't have to be um um, just malicious. Right. Yeah, it might make them cry because nobody likes rejection. Nobody mm-hmm. likes to feel like I'm being pushed away. But at the end of the day, you don't have, there doesn't have to be a negative 
you don't have to feel just a strong negative emotion in order to get someone get get moving on to something better. Absolutely. For you. For you. But not, what not better people, but someone better for you. But what you do have to be is mature. You have yes. to be very self-aware. You have to be very self-confident to know that, listen, I don't care what people think of me for walking away from a situation that hurt me, from a situation that brought me down. So you have to be mature. You have to be confident in yourself. And you have to know who you are at the end of the day because who you are should remain the same in that relationship and outside of that relationship. Amen, because you got character too. Amen. Let's go ahead and answer some Let's of these answer questions. Some questions. We got some questions here on IG that we're going to go ahead and get into. All right. I didn't see any on Facebook. So, um, you know, our Facebook, that, that's that's the peanut gallery right there. I know. Somebody said, can you make sure you save this so I can go back um, on it? I got to run. Oh, well, here's what will happen. It'll be on the podcast. It won't be on our IG. It'll be on Facebook, but it'll also be on the podcast. Right. Um, the other question we got says, um, and we actually got this earlier, like one of the first questions. She said, how do you communicate with a man who always gets defensive? The problem is when you're dealing with someone who's defensive, you're dealing with someone who's not willing to accept responsibility or accountability. Yes. So that's someone who's already made a choice with what they're receiving and what they won't receive within a relationship. It's mm -hmm. unfortunate because the thing is that what you're trying to do is if they keep bringing up this wall, maybe if I tweak, maybe if I change, maybe if I change my approach, maybe if I try a little bit harder, maybe if I baby and try to butter them up the problem with that is is that now you've received accountability where they decided that they haven't taken it the only way you can do it is you can um the only way you can do it is that you can just say it now, i'm not saying be mean but hey listen can we have a sit down mm -hmm. all right i just need you to hear me out say it in a particular type way say it in a way that doesn't point fingers i all we always teach um not to say you um, but to say I feel okay, that's that's a that's a counseling method. But at the end of the day, um, you have to watch the decision that they make because defensiveness requires them to not be defensive. There's yeah. nothing you can do to change who they are. Absolutely. I've, and and one thing that I've you know we've I've seen previously in relationships we've seen personally in and people that we talk to is you can't force someone into accountability and so if someone is really intent on not going to a place of accountability the more and the firm you become in trying to get them to face accountability the louder they become in order to try to down talk you over talk you um people start fights people leave people, you know what i mean and just to walk away from that and i think you have to recognize two things one like can you just say you can't force somebody into doing anything you can't force somebody into accountability the second thing that you have to remember is that there is nothing that it's saying about you that you can't force them into accountability it's not your responsibility it's not your fault and never if you if you know that you're in a position with someone who needs to take accountability for something you have to keep reminding yourself that it is not your job to make that easier on them it is not your job to take on that accountability for them jesus died on the cross for their sins and they stuff not you so it is not your responsibility to continue to take that on and as long as you carry that in and just say listen every time they get loud i understand what you're saying but can we get back to the topic here Right. I understand that this is how you feel, but can we talk about how I feel for a minute? I understand that this is making you upset, but can you see how that hurt me? Can you see how that makes me feel? And begin to try to pull them into your feelings. If you have somebody who lacks empathy, you have somebody who may be bordering on the line of other disorders. Right. Now, here's the thing. Everybody gets defensive, though. So we, we don't want to dog the person. But the idea is, is that if everybody gets defensive then you have you just uh, you you give it to them like you like um takara said it's not your job to make it easy yeah we all get defensive we talk to each other all the time and i might get defensive after something out of something she tells me but i also i marinate on it mm -hmm. i can't talk to her right then and there because she pulled me on the carpet and i'm like ah uh, it's like that right <laughs> mm -hmm. all right that kevin hart yeah <laughs> but 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 i marinate on it that's part of my growth. That's part of my maturity. That's part of, you know what, you were right about that. Mm -hmm. I might not have liked the way that felt, but you were right about that. So saying it means something. Saying it means you put it in their hand to, to work with it. And if they do not work with it, then now they've dropped the ball. Um, you might want to write it. 
write yeah. it out. Okay. Yeah. If it's if it's dealing with a guy, make it logical. Hey, and and here's what I mean by logical. Oftentimes we want to get something off of our chest about how we feel and we want them to feel it and empathize with it. Yes. All right? So it's not even about solving the problem. It's just I want to know, I want you to realize that there's a problem and I need you to be with, with me in this problem. Mm-hmm. But if you really want change, sometimes you might have to disconnect yourself from the need to get it off your chest and you might need to just come up with the answer. This is what I this is what needs to be done for me to feel better about this situation mm-hmm. and then watch to see whether they do it or not. There are ways in which to approach this that will give them the opportunity to make moves and do things so that you can watch what they do. Because mm-hmm. really, there's nothing they can do with you getting it off your chest. That's you doing all the do. Does that make sense? Absolutely. All right. We had a question over here, but I want to ask um, Rhoda um, over there, um, are you single or married? That's going to be how like how we give those ideas. Wait, 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 wait. So I, I, I know we're, I know I'm skipping, but some, I want to add an addendum. This really, this really fits. Yeah. Duchess asked this question that really fits to that last question. Yep. How do you communicate with someone who is consistently and constantly saying it's your fault and they're never wrong? You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. There, there's no, and, and that's the question. The question is, how do I talk to them? Mm-hmm. But the real question is, how can I get them to receive me talking to them? And you can't yes. get them to receive you, especially if you are at fault. And if you are at fault all the time, then perhaps this is not a great arrangement for neither one of us. Somebody said, but what if you're married? Ah, that's good. Well, it's not a great arrangement. No. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the same the same principles apply, but at the end of the day, still, being married makes you okay. So the when the dynamic in which we deal with marriage is we actually would like to approach both of them and tell them the best way to listen to each other, to hear each other, and right. to talk. Right. The best way to give each other a voice. Right. That's one thing that's very that we're big and huge on is having a voice. Yeah, especially yeah, in our book covered safety means one of the areas of safety is giving your spouse the safety to have a voice and be heard and be understood within that relationship. Right. So if everything is on your if everything is your fault and you're married to them, you're stuck in a place that they won't let go. You're stuck in a place that they refuse to take either they either take don't take accountability or they're still blaming you for something or some way that they feel. At that point, you kind of want to get a meet uh, some some kind of um, a third party involved in between you to try to translate and mediate in between the two yeah. of you. But at the end of the, let me tell you something. We was at this, uh, we did this conference yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we said um, as marital coaches and counselors, one of the things we said is we'll never ever in our lives sentence someone to marriage. That's very important for you to understand because I don't know where, I don't care where your theology sits if you're sentenced to marriage, now sentence is a strong word, meaning that that yes. thing is a prison and you're stuck there in pain and suffering and toxicity and is debilitating. All right. Um, that's something you need to get worked out or you need there. There needs to be a change for you to remain healthy. She says she got it, but we just went on and off. We to went the right. Field. Right. But with but also and because there may be other people married that may listen to this. And I want to make sure I make this very clear, yes. too, is that that's why when you have somebody who doesn't want to hear you, somebody who's never wrong, somebody who's, you know, making making you feel like you don't have a voice in your marriage. That is where counseling or coaching comes into play. That is is why you go and you invest in that third party two things well sorry maybe one or two things the reason why a spouse will not want to go to counseling is because they know that counseling exposes them Mm. and counseling will always expose when listen you can cry I'm wrong all you want to but you know as soon as we go to a third party you know for a fact that you don't want to go because you know that you're doing something wrong 
you know that there's something about what you're doing that's not right. And so you don't want to be exposed. And so what we do, especially when couples come to us, there is an area of accountability at every step of the way. And if you're saying you're not, you know, your spouse is saying that you're not hearing them in that marriage, you're not hearing them in that relationship, then we create opportunities to be heard and opportunities for you to practice that outside of that. One thing counseling will always do is show you if your spouse does or does not want to be who they promised you who they would be because they walk away from counseling. They walk away from coaching. They walk away not wanting to be in a place of accountability. Absolutely. That was good, babe. That was good. Sorry. Let's go back to. um. Sorry. Um, yes. Um, let's hit Rhoda real quick. Rhoda's question. She said, hi. I, so they're dating ideas on how to cultivate a connection in the time of COVID, which is limiting personal time together or intimacy. Okay. So, um, obviously you want to see each other. Obviously you want to spend time with each other. Hopefully neither one of you has the, the COVID-19. Um, I have no problems with spending time together. Okay. Um, the problem is, is that you can't go anywhere together. You can't have new experiences together. You're going to have to get fancy. You're going to have to get creative. Yeah. You're going to have to find ways in which to have new experiences together to really build up on that relationship. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's not as simple as it sounds, but it is kind of simple. We want to spend time together. We want to be together. Um, first of all, Ooh. are we trusting each other? to be healthy and have healthy habits are we wearing masks wherever we go whatever the case may be have we got the swab whatever the case may be after that after you're after you've um identified that then begin to create um opportunities i mean you have oh go ahead babe because you you, you're better i was gonna make a recommendation that yes we actually give to couples but like the it's an app on your phone it's 100 percent free the gottman card deck yes so get to know each other use you know that card deck um and it's an app on android or iphone and it has different kind of questions you can ask each other to learn about each other to get to know each other do a youtube if y'all can't be together Find a YouTube Kenyan is is good for finding good recipes and stuff on how to cook on YouTube. Find a meal on YouTube, go get the recipe, cook together out, you know what I mean, while you're separate and then, you know, taste it and see who tastes who's tasted better. Refrigerate it, so we're gonna meet up tomorrow and we're gonna swap and taste each other's food as long as we're being safe. Watch movies together. Like my my daughter and her, she has pen pals all over the world. They literally will get on, you know, at the same time and watch. They watched Twilight last week. Like, just got on the computer all together and, like, w- like hit play at the same time, watch Twilight, did the little commentary and everything all while, the, you know, distance. So there are things that you can do. I think if you're dating right now, one of the most beautiful things you have at your disposal is the opportunity to remove hormones and get to know who somebody is and really begin to ask those hard questions, begin to have these dialogues, begin to talk about, you know, different things. So that way, when you are together, you can do it with a clear mind saying, okay, I've, I've been really getting to know this person while distancing. Absolutely. Ask a lot of questions and lots of communications. That's what um, situations like this and long distance situations, they give you the opportunity to dive deep into a person before the hormones hit hard. Mm-hmm. You understand? Because once the hormones hit, you're you're actually getting to a place where you're going to be locked in mentally, emotionally, physically, biochemically to another person. And it's going to be hard to be objective in those places. Yes. Makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, question on Instagram. Um, so this one says, uh, with blended, we blended families early this year. One of our four kids hasn't transitioned well. Any suggestions? Counseling. Yep. Um, I, I definitely suggest blended family counseling, but I it, blended blended families. The the action or the um, process of blending means something different for everybody else, depending on how old that child is, depending on how that child is being treated. Um, one thing that we have to understand is that the children didn't didn't ask to come along to you you guys' relationship. Right. And that's just being real. Y'all dated. 
y'all learned each other. Y'all fell in love with each other. Y'all touched each other. Y'all did all the things that y'all like for each other. And while you tried to incorporate incorporate the kids, the children did not ask. It's like not being asked to be born. But at the very <laughs> minimum, being born, you get the opportunity to learn somebody from from like start. You're yeah. all I know and build those diff- build those connections. Unfortunately, some children are not going to depending on how old they are. If they're if they're younger, they can grow into it. If they're not younger and they um, are teenagers, there's going to have to be a process. I need you to understand. You said you just blended earlier this year. It's going to take five to seven clean years in order to to um, reach some kind of equilibrium yep. where everybody is comfortable and happy. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, it, it is going to take that long. And so you have to be, that's why you're married, because you're in it for the long haul where you're now in it for the long haul. Go ahead. Yeah, really quickly about blended families that, you know, um, I think even with us, we're still learning. You know, I'm still constantly learning from us as a blended family. But one of the things that I think I as a mother can say that I did incorrectly um, previously is throwing my children into a marriage and basically throwing my now ex-husband into the picture as if like, okay, this the daddy now. You listen here. You do this. We do that. Daddy stops, you know, start stomping your feet around the house and, and making demands and doing all this stuff. And the one thing that has changed drastically differently with our relationship is that Kenyon actually took time to get to know the children. Even before we were married, he took the time to get to know them after we were married. He talked to them, would go out with them, you know, drive them to school, ask them questions, find out about who they were. A child, you know, with marriage and relationship, one thing Kenyon always says is that when you get married as husband and wife, trust is automatic. Trust is implied. Trust comes along in the picture. With children, I don't know you. How are you going to force me to trust you? And you don't know me. How am I supposed to be forced to put my life in your hands and we don't know each other? And so you have to start off finding a way to build trust with that child so that they can then adjust well in that process. If they've been thrown into a situation that they didn't ask to be in, it breaks the trust with their biological parent. And then it furthermore damages a potential relationship with the step parent because they were not properly introduced into a situation. We just thought because we love each other, our kids finna be all gravy and all good. That's not the case. It isn't the case. What we, what Takara and I um, tend to um, suggest when it comes to blended family is parent by proxy. Um, that's one of the methods uh, that we suggest. And what that means is, is that uh, her children, I'm still an authority figure in the home. That's never going to change, right. right? I'm still an authority figure in the, f- in, in, in the home, but I don't rule it mercilessly. I don't lord it over them. I don't say, hey, I am here now and you must obey me. Um, and yeah, they do get on my nerves because kids are supposed to get on your nerves. <laughs> but the idea is, is that when it comes to any kind of correction, I send it through to Cara first, all right? Now, we're graduated out of that or graduated from that, and depending on what it is. Um, but I send all correction through to Cara. I would send all correction through to Cara first. To Cara will relay that correction, and then she will relay back to me the results and the response. If she doesn't agree with the kind of correction, she'll talk to me and develop a relationship with me and my um, my expectations and to make sure that maybe I'm expecting something that's not fair for them. Or maybe I'm expecting something based upon my own nature and idiosyncrasies. And then I, we, me and her deal with that before it becomes part of the children. During that time mm-hmm. that she's the focal point of discipline or correction, I get to date them. I get to talk to them. I get to build a relationship outside of dealing with, okay, what is he going to tell me to do today? You see what I'm saying? Yes. So that's some of the things that you need to learn to do. It's technique. Um, it takes patience. It takes time. But um, you can't. Children are people, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Children are people, too. And they might not be complete people as far as completed maturely, but they're people, too. And you want to treat them with the empathy of someone who's been sho- who's been shoved into a, a, a situation that they're that they had no choice in. Mm hmm. OK. 
Yeah. That good? Absolutely. I think we have one more because we didn't see one over here. I didn't um, see one over here. She said, um, how do you define the difference? Okay, so I, I saw this question come through earlier. We were talking about um, discerning uh, and moving cautiously. So she was like, how do you know the difference between someone decision-making process of being slow and cautious versus viewing it as procrastination? That takes watching. See, slow and procrastination is both a time, there's a timing process, right? Right. Do they ever get to it? When they get to it, do they complain? When they get to it, do they have to do it? <laughs> what are they not, what What are they True. doing as they're on their way to it? Yeah. For instance, a slow process is, babe, I'm not necessarily sure about this. Can you take a look at this for me? I'm thinking about doing this, but I'm not necessarily sure. A procrastinator is going to be, and I and I can be both, so I'm telling you from firsthand experience. <laughs> a procrastinator will hide out in the corner of, of their own room or whatever and just wait for the last minute to roll around, and it either gets done or it doesn't. OK, so it's it's all about timing, but you have to um, pause. Due to, uh Oh, OK. We're okay. back. But you ha but you have to watch. You, let me tell you something. The, the worst. The, the thing that we are not taught as far as dating is concerned is we're not taught to have the patience to watch. Yeah, because we're not watching. We're trying so hard to get into somebody and trying to get them into us that we're not willing to watch the character or who they are as they move forward. We don't, we tend to do that a little bit later once we learn them, once we nabbed them, once yeah. we got them and they yeah. got us. Um, we need to begin to watch them. And and that's basically how it how you handle it. And I think too if somebody is slow and cautious you'll notice it in every area of their life. I think Kenya can be pretty cautious in things too, and sometimes it, it gets on my black nerve. I'll ask her 110 oh questions. Oh my God, he can be slow and cautious. But then, <laughs> Why would you do that, babe? I mean, for real, I mean, you know, you know that don't work that way, right? Or researching something. <laughs> like, I'm like, come on. Like, and so. Give me a day, let me research that. <laughs> but at the end of that day, mm -hmm. you've made a decision. At yeah. the end of that day, you've made progress. And I think with someone who procrastinates and just doesn't get things done, they're always slow, but nothing is at the end of that on the follow through. And so I think that's what you have to look for. And like you said, are they complaining? Are they murmuring on the way there? It's like, no, I'm cautious. I'm moving. And you'll notice it in their everyday lives. You'll notice how they spend money. You'll notice it in how they choose a job. You'll notice it in how they make everyday decisions that, okay, they're slow and cautious, but this is their personality. It is not a character trait of someone who is procrastinating and selling you a bunch of hype. Absolutely. I'll give you a, a perfect example. Then we'll move on to like another question real quick. A perfect example is that I like doing things. I still court to car by doing things for her. I like man stuff in the sense like I like to work with my hands. Yes. I might not be good but at it, too, but I like to work with my hands, baby. I like to just lace it on up and just get out there with the ladder and everything. And she'll ask me to do something and I'll be like, I got you or let me give me a minute and I'll get to it. But then there are the things that I just don't really like to do because I know it's going to be a hassle. Like she's asked me for the last three months and I, I'm being real. She's asked me for the last three or more months to clip this dog's nails. We have a pit bull. Or like pressure wash the patio. <laughs> or to pressure wash the patio. And I haven't taken out, I haven't taken out the pressure washer yet, but there is no, I'll get to it or when there is a, all right, I'll 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 do it. Or I know I'll, or, I gotta do it. Right, I know I gotta do. Or maybe tomorrow. I, I think I do it tomorrow because I know I got to be in this particular. I got to wear something different to do it. You know, she knows that this dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you say. I know what you was about to say. <laughs> she, uh, she, you, you guys. She, he ain't about to. He ain't about. He ain't to gonna do, do nothing. Yeah, he's he ain't he ain't about now, to do Now and when you see me break a pressure washer trying to pull it out the garage. Now when she start breaking stuff, I said, "Babe, babe, just just let me do it. <laughs> Come on, I, I got you. I got you." Right. Then I rush to it so she don't break stuff. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Martins podcast, recorded live on social media and distributed to iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and Audible. Now, we can't grow without you, so help spread the love. Wherever you found us, rate, like, share, and leave a review. We are grateful to you and appreciate you in advance. Do you have a question for us? Then visit askthemartins.com. Ask us your question or ask for a friend. Once again, thank you for tuning in to Ask the Martins podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program.